Hey, Job. Hey, Gan. Guess what? I have something to tell you. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Um. Donda, 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 Donda. Donda, 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 Donda. You know. Donda. <laughs> we always talk about how Kanye has Donda. like banger intros to his albums, right? That's not one of them, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Yep. yep. Um. Anyway, right, Donda came out. Yeah, we're talking. That's right. Kanye finally released Donda. Apparently, Against not of his own odds. volition. Um. Ah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, that controversy went away real quick, didn't it? So who knows? Now. Nah. Yeah, he wanted to wait until Drake's album was released and release it on the same day, I think. LMAO. Yeah, he was trying to... It came out slightly before. Yeah, like, what, a few days? Yeah. Fucking... Alright. So what do, you, what do you think about it? I've listened to it about three times now. That's a lot. Um, it's like three hours of listening time because this album's too fucking long. <laughs> It's way more than that. That the album's an hour forty eight. That's ridiculous. Um, I just had on when I was like doing other stuff. I mean, you know, I've certainly, uh, you know, I, I think I've only listened to it all the way through once, and that's probably how it's going to stay for me because this is not like a well crafted track list no, for an album like it, there's a lot of bloat to it there's a lot of stuff that could have been cut or shortened and should have been and you know I, I always think about how I guess like when he was making Yeezus he was working with uh, Rick Rubin famous producer mm-hmm. and uh, Rick Rubin cut a lot of the bloat that Kanye did not want to cut because he thought it would make it a better album and it did we Jesus is like 10 tracks, right? It's pretty, really you know, it's like 40 minutes. That's like a good, solid average length for an album. That's what an album should be. Now, certainly there's the case to be made for things like double albums, but this is pushing even those standards by being an hour 40. Uh, apparently Drake's album is also pushing that to, to like triple album technically standards which like i mean this whole concept is dated because it used to be you know you can only have 20 minutes per side of a record but obviously we have no such constrictions now so albums can be anywhere from 20 to multiple hours long there's no real reason to it right but still i think the the good amount that like Anything pushing over an hour is probably a mistake, mm-hmm. unless it's designed to be a very expansive experience, you know. Uh, and I don't even know if this one technically deserves to be or should be an experience to this length or degree, especially because some of it is just clearly padded out. Like the part two tracks really get to me. I don't find those necessary at all. If I ever listen to the album again all the way through, I'm not going to listen to those either anyway. But all that, 
for all his uh, insanity, Kanye West still makes good shit. There's a ton of good tracks here. It's way better than his last album. Um, oh, for this sure. It's miles would better. be a fantastic album if, like, it was curated a little more. Yeah, it needs some work. Um, funny, like, the last time I listened to an album that was overly bloated like this was Notes on a Conditional Form by 1975. Um, it's suffering from the same issue where it, there's really good tracks in there. But uh, it is almost two hours long. And all I did was just make a playlist on Spotify and trim the fat. And I like it much more now. So I'm going to go do the same thing with Donda, probably. I don't think it's like... There's some good... There's some great tracks in there. I think it's mostly just pretty okay. Um, it reminds me a lot of the first release of, uh, of Pablo. Uh, I could see that. Uh, there's some really, there's yeah. some weird empty production, like on a lot of tracks. Now it might be like, yeah, intentionally. Bit, so yeah, it, it, it's probably intentional, but, um, like Jesus is a good album and all, but that's not the Kanye that I like. I tend to like Kanye a lot better when his stuff is more full-bodied, when he has a lot more, like, going on in his tracks. There's moments on here. Yeah, there is. I really think there is. Like, this is a very diverse experience. Uh, That's also similar to Life of Pablo in that it, like, kind of, like, it doesn't, like, have a focused sound. which is fine. It's just kind of, like, all over the place, which is fine. Yeah, I like Pablo a lot. That's one of the reasons I do like Pablo, is I think it, like, kind of gives you, like, a good blend of shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the consensus is that it's just kind of like, it's just kind of long and bloated, uh, but it's good. <laughs> and, right. you know, that's fine. Um, it's it's kind of an interesting debate or discussion, I guess, to have, you know, like, sometimes albums that are, like, considered double or triple even albums are just, like, you know, it's obvious. Like, like to your point about the 1975 album i recently made a spotify playlist uh <laughs> called uno dos tray except it's good and only one album where i took green day's uh famous misfire of three albums uno dos tray and i basically just kind of like took five or so tracks from each album and tried to like rearrange them in a way that sounded like somewhat decent now obviously like there's only so much you can do with some of it like i genuinely dislike trey all of it basically no so choosing songs from trey but i still wanted it to have songs from every single album but like stuff like that's interesting like you know would the white album for instance be better if it wasn't 30 songs long because that's like a highly tested uh, album like is it the Beatles best or is it like not quite because it's far from being like the curated like 13 song Sgt. Pepper you know what I'm saying right it's it's an interesting discussion to have but I think more and more in terms of the modern music era it's a bit of a scam 
Uh, Drake did it with his last album, and I think people brought it up back then, where the album is 90 plus minutes so that, you know, you get paid more via streaming services if there are more tracks that people have to listen to because you get paid on a track by track basis. Yeah. On like a listen per listen basis. So like if Kanye has 27 tracks on this new album and the average Kanye fan listens to it, that's 27 Kanye listens as opposed to like, you know, his last album, Jesus is King had like 10 songs. So that was only 10 Kanye listens. Right. Uh, I think that actually is somewhat of a factor in these big gargantuan albums that come out. It's a bit of like a gaming the system. I'm not sure how true any of this is, but I have heard it discussed. Um, It's interesting to think about. And also just like the way technology is, people don't like delete songs albums anymore necessarily because why would they have to right they don't need to fit the space of a record or a cd they can just do whatever because it's just files on a computer that someone is streaming off of spotify so there's that too but you know at the same time i think there's gonna be a there's there's a lot to be said about like curating a experience with an album and making it like a a good concise one as opposed to a bloated dumb one. Yeah. It, it sucks that that's <laughs> like where, you know, the influence on that comes, right? I think it's going to maybe start like seize a lot of that kind of curation, which sucks. Yeah. It's be more profitable for us to release these bigger albums. That's sad. I don't, I it, it mean, it, it has to be a particular case, but Usually, I'm not a big fan of super long albums. They're typically they typically tend to be bloated. There's a lot you could just cut out. I can only think of a few double albums that I think justify their length. Right, and they're like the popular ones that everybody knows, like your walls and your. You know, I still think White Album is interesting, even though some of the songs are kind of sus. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't I don't know. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is one of my favorite albums of all time. And it's 28 tracks, and that's kind of insane. But that also was designed to be two discs, so it was kind of like getting two albums at once. So, like, you know, I, I haven't often listened to both discs back-to-back. Like I basically did with Donda. I was, like, listening to two albums back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experience was different. Because it had, like, you know, the CD that was the sun and the CD that was the moon. You know, it was like uh, two things that I listened to at two different times. So uh, that kind of stuff can go a long way in not making your album feel like a huge mess as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't know, it's... Interesting, though. I, I, I recommend people give Dawn a listen. See what you think about it. Well, it's still real good. There's still a lot of good to be had on there. Jail's a great track. Yeah, Jail's great. That's the best track of the album, for sure. And there's lots of uh, other highlights throughout it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I don't, I, it's definitely not the best album that's come out this year. 
I will say that. There's better albums. You can what is that, Justin? Um, for me, it's a toss-up between um, the newest Brockhampton album or Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler, the Creator. Ooh, Call Me If You Get Lost was really good. Yeah. Um, I've been personally leaning in a different direction. Uh, I've been leaning towards uh, Weezer's OK Human actually because it's real fucking good and i've listened to it more than any other album this year uh also it's like 30 minutes long so that makes it infinitely re-listenable because it's just like over immediately uh however in a in a in a funny thing that i could say i would also maybe say weezer's second album is a contender for the worst album of the year got him van weezer sucked dude mm-hmm. that's really bad I, I, I listened worst to of the year it, it has a couple okay songs but it's definitely like it felt like it's felt like such a gut punch after they released an actually good album like they can't keep getting away with it <laughs> this is that's the uh it's the I've only listened to both those albums one time through. Yeah, I like I I I liked I liked Okay Human. I think I should listen to it again. Um, I do have to listen to that album more. Van Weezer sucked. Van Weezer bad. I had a bad time listening to that. I was also a big fan of both of the King Gizzard albums that came out this year, and there's there's a third one coming out this year too. So I'll wait and see. Uh, fucking Mad Men. They're wild. Dude. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to them yet. And they, they typically, their albums typically, typically tend to be of at least decent quality, and the, the rate that they pump them out is just nuts. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about them, is that they're weirdly consistent for a band with that much material. Right. It's weird. But again, much- like, tying it back into the previous conversation, it would have been real easy for them to like do something like, all right, all of our material from this year will be one album and it'll be two hours long. But instead they had like smaller album releases throughout the year. Mm -hmm. That's better. It's fine. (laughs) It gives you a chance to like sit on some songs and let them breathe and then come back and listen to some more. There's nothing wrong with that. No. It's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Some decent, some good music released this year. There's a you get a little little get and jump outlook of some stuff to listen to. We gave you like six albums. I haven't listened to new Drake yet, but I'm sure I won't like it because I don't like Drake really. I I don't know. I've seen some lines from that album, and it makes me uncomfortable. And yeah, that's what Drake does. The the line about how he's. A lesbian or something? Yeah. What are, you, what are you talking about, sir? What's he talking about? <laughs> that's not that's mm. not how it works, Drake. Mm. 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 That's a. Uh... There's like a there's like a ninety nine percent chance that man's a sex pest, right? Like allegedly. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Also, good. he's dead. Push killed him. He's been dead all this oh, time. Oh, yeah. He's been dead for a while. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, I've never seen someone killed that hard with a diss track before in all my life. Oh, shit. Drake should not be allowed to walk around now. All right, let's get on with it. Let's stop talking speaking about of, good stuff. Start talking about speaking bad of stuff. the undead. The Gen and Jub show. Residential Evil. Fuck. Transition. Play the music. Okay. I don't know. Do something. Jesus. Welcome to the Gen and Job Show. That's Gen. Hey, it's me. Hi. Hello. What's up, everybody? I'm That's him. We in the show. We watched. Oh, fuck. Oh, we're in it now, baby. Yeah, we're in it. We watched two Resident Evil movies. We have to talk about them. Somehow, we have to talk about them. Yep. I oh god. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> At least it's only six movies and we're done. Well, maybe. Listen, man, There's the seventh one coming that, out, but that, uh that first movie's a goofy mess, but that second movie feels like a fever dream, bro. I don't know like what the <laughs> fuck. It's like I played Resident Evil 3. But, like, after I was done, I, like, repeatedly hit myself in the head with large objects until I could only remember vague, 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 half-imagined things about Resident Evil 3. Mm-hmm. And then decided to write down the script for Resident Evil Apocalypse. <laughs> and like, that's kind of what that movie feels like to me. <sighs> Including a really, really bad video game reference in a video game movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that that happened entirely. Yeah, well, let's get to it when we get to it. Um, do you want to talk about anything briefly before we get to these? I feel like we should just kind of get to these. I got, I got nothing, man. I'm, I'm down to just go right into it. All right. Um, I'll bookmark a discussion. Uh, I recently beat the PS4 Spider-Man, and I'm playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is excellent. I will talk about it next time, because by then I'll probably have beaten it. So yeah. that'll work out, I guess. Other than that, you know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm watching bad movies, and I'm I'm playing bad games. Yep. <laughs> That's and and drinking Monster Energy that makes me burp on my podcast. Oh uh, well, you know, whatever. On brand. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Time bubble. Well, when we're recording this, yeah, you know, you'll, you'll hear when it. you get it. When you get it, it'll be uh, October thirteenth, yep. probably. Hundred uh, yeah. <laughs> percent. You said uh, it. October thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. Since you said that, uh, I'm by gonna. By the time you listen to this, all right, since you said that, I'm gonna schedule the next episode for October thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. So sorry if you guys don't hear this. You might even hear the next next like few ones before it, but then randomly in October oh, man. next year, you'll hear our introduction to Resident Evil. It'll be a good time. Bi-weekly, bi-weekly podcast, more like bi-monthly. That way, we won't have to talk about Resident Evil movies every two weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I would just like to say that the PS4 Spider-Man game is good, and the Miles Morales game is like 
I don't know, man. It might be even better. I think the key problem I have with Spider-Man PS4 is the key problem I have with like any checklist open world game, which is it gets a little old the more times it asks me to do the same shit. Yep, that's uh, why I'm Miles. Wrong. Miles it being a much shorter game, even though people complained about it, avoids a lot of those traps uh, by just being a more concise experience. Uh, you know, not to just go back to the double album, single album conversation, but it's kind of like that. <laughs> right. uh, you know, if 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 uh, Spider-Man PS4 is the 90 plus minute Donda, then Miles Morales is more like the 20 minute long kids see ghosts. <laughs> That's what I would say. Although it's not like a 10 out of 10 or anything like like Kid Sea Ghost is to me personally. Love Kid Sea Ghost. What an excellent album. Yeah. Best material. If they never make another Kid Sea Ghost, I'm going to actually suplex Kanye West. True. I'll make him, I will fucking suplex him and his Yeezys will fly off. It's going to happen. <laughs> In a video game. In a video game. Uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking of in a video game. In GTA, um, 10 points. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Don't get ahead of yourself, all right? <laughs> Jesus. All right, so Resident Evil. I like it. It's a series that I like a lot. I recently played through most of them. I'm still playing through a lot of them. Probably tonight I'm playing some of Revelations 2, which is not good, but, you know, that's my dedication to this series. I like it a lot. I've played every single game, right? Yeah. I'm a fan. So here's the movies, which I have avoided pretty much, like the plague, uh, because I'm a Resident Evil fan. Right. Uh, That's the big uh, problem with these movies, is that um, they the movies and the games basically have two separate fan bases uh, and they don't coincide because if they, if they did, you just have, you know, when they do, it's just fans that are mad that the movies aren't like the games and don't feature any of the game's characters. Now I have a bit more of a nuanced take on that uh, because I have watched uh, all the CGI Resident Evil movies as well. Mm -hmm. And they're terrible. And they feature Leon and Claire and Chris and recognizable monsters like Mr. X and Lickers and stuff. And and it doesn't help it. it you need to still be good at making a movie first. I, uh, the the yeah. ingredient of insert Jill Valentine does not make the movie good. Oh, my God. Um, you know, it's... <laughs> Just because we'll the main character is, is a new character and just because it, it's like a different universe than the games and it follows the different things, that does not necessarily mean it's automatically shit. However, it is shit. Right, you can do different uh, things. I think the biggest thing that proves It's shit on is, its own merits alone. Yeah, well, I think a big thing that can prove that is the, actually the... I don't know if you've watched it, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which is actually a good video game movie. I enjoyed that film. I thought it was fun. I did not fun. watch it. I thought it was really fun. Um, Right, but it is like a different take on it, huh? Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah, it does does different stuff with Sonic, but it retains a lot of the spirit. And then it stands as a good kids movie on its own merits. And that's 
definitely what video game movies of that era were totally missing. Right. Um, I think we're getting and even that movie position. could have been a disaster because he could have looked like a nightmare. And we know that, uh, you know, <laughs> one guy here, you know, we were about to get to him who uh, made quite a few video game movies has done bad at it every single time because he totally just released a Monster Hunter movie that as a Monster Hunter fan made me want to vomit. I would not say he's done it bad every single time. Yeah. But I'll get to that in a second, because I want to talk about the games before we talk about the movies, because okay. that's a better discussion. <laughs> You're sure. So, like, you know, and, and a little bit of just like the history and like, you know, I, I guess like if you're unfamiliar, the brief version, Resident Evil is one of the most popular video game franchises in the world. It helps popularize and define basically an entirely new genre, which is survival horror. Obviously, there's stuff like Alone Alone in the Dark and other games around the edges, but Resident Evil's the one that's like, you know, comes in like the Beatles and says, this is popular now, right? right. So, you know, and that first game, 1996, instant classic, but the one where the franchise really takes off is its sequel, 1998's Resident Evil 2, which is correct because that's the first one I was aware of as a human being was Resident Evil 2, not Resident Evil 1. That's the one that I rented for instance. Right. And looking back, I don't know how they let me rent it. Cause I've played it on, on Tasha now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that I'm an adult and like uh fairly gory game for 1998. Very uh, much so. There's a big con. I remember. Um, so I, I didn't own a PlayStation 1, um, but my older brother's friend, like, really close friend at the time, did. And, um, so we, like, you know, he'd come over and stuff. He'd bring his PlayStation with him, because we had the N64. He had a PlayStation. So we would, like, you know, play each other's games. And at one point, we would swap consoles, and he had first two Resident Evil games. And I, I remember, I remember uh, playing that and then watching my older brother play them and just, yeah, it shouldn't have been watching that. It should freak me out. As <laughs> but I was also it's sneaking funny, into my older brother. It's funny room. to look back on now, right, right. And, and go would, like, wow, that was, yeah. To be fair, like, I would also sneak into my older brother's room and watch him play System Shock 2, a much scarier game than Resident Evil. Um, That's probably <laughs> true. Resident Evil... The Resident Evil games definitely have B horror. Well, yeah, like, there's some gore and some shock moments, but yeah, like for the most the part, they're like, you know, don't open that door. You know, they're yeah. very silly and bad. System um, Shock's more of an existential horror. Yeah, like that you're killing the, the the weird like mutated people, and they're like, help me, kill me, in my misery. They're sit, they're talking to you, <laughs> and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's like it's it's much more fucked up, and I saw that shit as a kid. That probably messed me up a little bit. It happens. <laughs> um. So yeah, like throughout that initial PS One trilogy, your scope goes from a spooky mansion full of zombies, just kind of a tight knit story about a couple survivors. Yeah. Uh, to an entire city full of zombies by the third game with like a big. Uh, grandiose action scope. Uh, so that's kind of like 
something I want to mention because, you know, the most recent entry to come out before release of the first movie is Resident Evil Code Veronica, which uh, is a controversial game in the series because it was kind of like stupid and bad. Uh, But (laughs) but, um, it's uh, I like it to a degree because it's really funny. Um, There's a lot of gameplay stuff I don't like about it. Um, And a lot of moments you can fuck yourself over without knowing about it. That's a game that you can maybe like look up a guide to not fuck yourself before you play it. Quite honestly, oh, I fucked but, myself. Uh, played it recently. Yeah, where'd you fuck yourself? Oh, it's like pretty early on. I just like didn't have any anything. Do you know about the? Well, yeah, that's the main thing you can do. Uh, yeah, that's the like one entry where like enemies just respawn all the right. time, so, so like wasting your ammo that. is easy. Yeah, yeah, so I expect that, and I kind of use my ammo in like a <laughs> like a like a decent rate, like you wouldn't like like you know the older games. Where yeah, you, like, it's really easy to get to that tyrant boss and just not have any yeah, ammo to deal what, with it. That's what happened to me. Um, I think I think it was the first. Fight. Uh, yeah, and I didn't have anything. I, was like, I, hmm. saved, I saved it already. I didn't make multiple saves. I saved over my file. I had no fucking ammo, and I couldn't beat like. A really early boss, and then I got mad and just stopped playing it. I feel like that's a lot of people's experience with that game. But but beyond that, it's a game that tries to like push the series even further into the realm of like action and yes. like dramatic storytelling. Uh, it doesn't succeed uh, in any way. It's really terrible and silly. Uh, Steve Burnside, the Ashfords, that game is hilarious. Yeah, but it's funny. That's the direction the series was going. So it isn't really a shock to me, and I don't know why it was a shock to some people, that the Resident Evil movie was this kind of like bombastic action movie instead of being a horror. Right. Because that seems to be something that people get hung up on. Uh, that are fans of the games. They're like, it's not even a horror movie. And it's like, no shit. Arguably, the, Resident Evil the series horror isn't horror anymore. Right. That's the clear direction they're going towards Resident Evil 4, which we won't get to yet in the timeline by the time the two movies are out. But right. still, uh, that's the direction the franchise is going. That's the interesting thing about the Resident Evil franchise kind of ebbs and flows between different styles of horror as it like reinvents and then fucks itself and reinvents itself again multiple times throughout its lifespan. Uh, it's really interesting. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, you know, that's why I bring all that up. You can see that the series begins to incorporate sillier and sillier plot elements. And it's it's no longer, you know, about a handful of survivors trying to solve puzzles. It's a story involving espionage and ancient family history and corporate greed and, and incest. Look, it was a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it, it, what saved a lot of the Resident Evil games in that aspect um, is the fact that it's a video game. And, yes. And that there's like Resident Evil still had like fun gameplay interspersed into that. So it makes it a lot more forgivable and a lot more enjoyable. Um, so if you take that, right? Dumb B-movie shit, right? Mm-hmm. With, with a bunch of dumbass action spurst in. But then you just, like, take out the gameplay. 
It's not good. Uh, yeah, that's true. If if I had sent someone, hey, Resident Evil's good, you should play it. But instead of playing it, they just watched all the cutscenes on YouTube. They would probably think Resident Evil is the worst game ever made. Right. <laughs> because the cutscenes in the first game are fucking hilariously terrible. Right. The reason people liked it was because of the feeling of like, you know, you never know what's behind a door and you don't want to, you know, you're managing your items and trying to figure out that puzzle box of a mansion. Right. Right. That's why it's good. Not because, you know, Barry says, take this. It's really good against living things. You know, it's. (laughs) It's it's very funny to me that people were like, why wouldn't they incorporate all these great characters? When, as they were known back then, they were very cheesy non-characters. Mm-hmm. If you can tell me what Chris Redfield's character was before like Resident Evil 5, I would say you are lying. Because he didn't have one. He was just like, I'm Action Man, I guess. I will save my sister. That's like it. <laughs> yep. Comes pretty hollow. Um, but yeah, but that's what we get with the first Resident Evil movie. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about what almost happened. Okay. Uh, which would have been interesting and possibly lit. Uh, one of the major inspirations for the Resident Evil series as you can probably assume, because it's about zombies, which George A. Romero's Living Dead film series. And for good reason, Romero's films, particularly Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, but Don't Sleep on Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead Rules, Day of the Dead does uh, rule. inspired nearly every single zombie movie cliche in the book. And Resident Evil is nothing if not a cliche uh, playground Um, uh, so imagine if you will George A. Romero the man who pioneered zombie media uh, collaborating with Capcom on a Resident Evil project it kind of seems like maybe too good to be true but it it did kind of happen but in a minor way Uh, he directed a commercial for Resident Evil 2 which unfortunately only aired in Japan, but you can look it up and watch it on YouTube. It's pretty neat. Um, and Sony was impressed with it. Uh, Sony uh, has a film division is making the Resident Evil film. Uh, and back then they had more of a stake in Resident Evil than any of the other video game companies. Uh, those first three games are all PlayStation exclusive. Well, not, not necessarily. They ended up coming to other things, but they were PlayStation first. I should say. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that Sony has a big stake in this first Resident Evil movie. Um, so they're impressed with Romero's commercial, and they ask him to write and direct the Resident Evil film. Uh, so George A. Romero is not a, a, a gamer. So he has his secretary play through the first game and record her gameplay so he can study it and write his script based on it. And as such, he ends up writing a fairly faithful adaptation of the first game with all the familiar characters, Chris, Jill, Wesker, Barry, Rebecca, and he also adds Ada Wong for good measure. But his script is rejected. 
And apparently the reasoning is his film would have been rated NC-17, which I don't necessarily know how true that is. There is some, like, statements of people saying that George did not want to tone down his script. Like, he was really adamant about scenes being the way they are, which could be true. Um... I don't think he ever toned down any of his living dead movies, but those were also not like, those were also like kind of independently made by him. So maybe he wasn't willing to compromise either way. They cut ties and it sucks because it could have been something interesting. But I think the real reason it's turned down, and this is just me, Genhart, saying this, this is not like a fact, uh, <laughs> is because Sony, Capcom, and the other production company, Constantine Film, didn't really know or agree on what they wanted a Resident Evil movie to be. Uh, and that's probably a question that gets asked a lot when it comes to adapting a video game. Like, what do you even do? Do you make a straightforward adaptation? Do you try to make a different story that's, like, in the universe of the games? Do you adapt the first game, even though the second game is more popular? Would it make sense to adapt the second game, but ignore the first game? Would it make sense to just do your own thing entirely? These are all things you need to consider. So I kind of get there being like confusion over what they would even want to do. Because everything I looked at, it certainly seems like there was. Yeah. But it's kind of. You know, like I, there, there's like kind of like a narrative that fans like to push that, like they were dumb about it and not going with Romero was a terrible decision. And going with Paul W.S. Anderson was an even more terrible decision. And I do agree to a certain extent. But you're also looking at it with the, uh, with like his entire career, Paul W.S. Anderson in front of you. But if you go back before Resident Evil, he only has a couple movies, right? So um, let's talk about Paul W.S. Anderson. What's the W.S. stand for? Um, um, well, you come up with something sucks. <laughs> Paul, well, shit, Anderson. <laughs> so I, that's what I feel like every single time I see his name on anything. Right. Well, I mean, he's become a, he's become a joke. He He's known for making movies that are notoriously shitty. Uh, the main joke about him is that his, his name is, yeah, with his wife. There's like the nepotism uh, accusation that you could lay at him, and it's correct. <laughs> um, but also, his his name is close to Paul Thomas Anderson, who is a very acclaimed filmmaker. And I see that joke a lot, where people go like, "No, not not the bad Anderson, the good Anderson," you know. Like, right. he's kind of like, you know, and it's interesting to see because he was making bank for a while with these Resident Evil movies with Mila Jovovich 
as his wife and star. But then Monster Hunter came out and it was a huge failure. So kind of curious to see what happens next with him, actually, because he may not be making these big, giant spectacle movies for big companies anymore. Like, it was that much of a disaster, I think. Blame COVID. I think you could also blame uh, racism. Hmm. Do you remember that story? No. Okay, so the Resident Evil movies uh, have always been big in China. They make a lot of money there. Um, so it was assumed that Monster Hunter, even though it did very badly domestically because it was released in the middle of COVID, would do well in China where the same restrictions were not happening. Yeah. Uh, so there's a line in the movie that I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's basically a variation of the like Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees. Look at these joke oh, that great. is racist. Uh, that is in that movie. Uh, and that became a bit of a mild controversy, but in China, it became kind of a big controversy so much so that nobody went to go see monster hunter in China. So they didn't make fucking any money off of monster hunter like at all like they fucked their like big box office draw essentially (laughs) so oops maybe you shouldn't have wrote the racist line and expected to make all your money back in asia good job but anyway um why did capcom Hand the keys to this lucrative franchise over to this hack. Yeah, let me know. Well, he wasn't necessarily viewed that way back in the early 2000s, is my point. Um, His most famous movie at that point was 1995's Mortal Kombat, which remains to this day one of the most successful, critically and commercially, video game film adaptations of all time. It's probably one and, number three now. Yeah, that's true. Detective Pikachu and Sonic. But so most video game movies fail very badly. Um, obviously, Resident Evil kind of kickstarted a lot of them getting made. But uh, but like before that, what do you got? Street Fighter, Super Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat. That's like probably it. And two of those were massive flops. And then you have Mortal Kombat, which was a huge success. So I understand completely why they were like, yeah, let's get that guy. And also it's worthwhile to consider his 1997 film, Event Horizon, uh, which while it was a flop at the box office and with critics, it's developed a significant cult following. It's often regarded to be a good horror film. So you have a guy who had experience adapting a video game into a film as well as experience directing horror. I think it kind of makes sense why they banked it on Anderson. It didn't work, but I feel like people kind of have this like narrative in their heads that, that just like all these fucking boardroom people just like trying to shove a square peg into a round hole and <laughs> like just like a boardroom full of chimpanzees going and not knowing what they're doing when like the reality of it is they were probably trying to think about it in terms of what would be the most commercially viable 
I'm not defending the movie. The movie is still bad. But in looking into it, it kind of makes sense how they could have arrived at this conclusion, is my point. Right. Right. So, yeah. So here's the funny part. <laughs> um, Anderson played the first Resident Evil game, and he liked it so much that before he was hired to make Resident Evil, he was already making a movie that is essentially a ripoff of Resident Evil. His script was titled Undead. He self-describes it as a ripoff of Resident Evil. So the head of Constantine Film read the script for Undead and loved it and said, why don't you make this into the fucking Resident Evil movie? And they hired him to make it an official Resident Evil movie as opposed to a ripoff. Hmm. Which explains so, so much yeah, about does. the finished product. <laughs> yeah, it does. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Especially why it doesn't have any of the familiar characters from the games. Uh, also, fun fact, this head of Constantine film, his name is Burned Eichinger, and he is the same guy who is the main person that turned down Romero's script in case you want to hate his decision-making skills even more, I suppose. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of of two minds about it. I'd like to think the Romero script would have been incredible and would have been a great Resident Evil movie to make. But, you know, it's a question mark. I love Romero, but I don't automatically worship every single movie he's made because I've seen Land of the Dead. He's made a lot of shit. <laughs> so, like, who knows if his 2000 movie would have been good. If his, you know, Land of the Dead was in the same decade as Resident Evil. <laughs> it could have been really bad, you know? Oh, yeah. Who knows? Um, so here's the thing. Uh, this game is completely disconnected from the video games. It's like a whole other universe. And that's fine, except that wasn't always going to be the case. They still wanted to connect it somehow. They were going to go the route of like the, uh, like the Assassin's Creed film, where it's like in the universe, but it's not adapting one of the games directly. They wanted to go that route. So this was going to be a prequel to everything, and that would tie in nicely coming in in 2002 when Resident Evil Zero was coming out. And this one was going to be called Resident Evil Ground Zero, the film. Good plan, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so then 9-11 happens. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, that pesky 9-11 getting in the way. So the subtitles <laughs> dropped, uh, and they just call it Resident Evil. And with calling it just Resident Evil... They said, well, there's not really a point in like trying to have it be like this side story prequel. Let's just say it's Resident Evil. Fuck it. And then we got the movie we got. So. What is the movie we got, Justin? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, oh, it's something. It's it's a lot of. So, you know, like. What's really cool about the first Resident Evil with like the mansion. Yeah, that's like, not here. Yeah. Really. It is here, but it's here for like two minutes. Yeah, There's a mansion, I guess. It's a lab. This is pretty much a lab movie. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. We got we got lab security guard girl Alice. Uh huh. But she doesn't know because she has amnesia. Amnesis. And she she don't know what the fuck. And so we don't either. And we still don't when the runtime's over. Yeah, I I don't I yeah. It's it's like the way Paul W.S. Anderson writes twists pissed me off so much because more so with the sequel than this one. But there are times when I'm just going like, what at my screen out loud? Yeah. And that doesn't happen often when I'm watching movies because mm-hmm. I like I like I follow what's happening. I'm not like an idiot, but <laughs> like um, it's just so like badly written and like wanting to be surprising that it's just like, right. oof. Yeah, I don't know. Basic plot of the first Resident Evil movie is we're at the with the Umbrella Lab. They mm-hmm. do a T virus, and then uh oh, it get out. Uh oh, we get infecty. Yeah. Uh oh, zombie. Uh oh, zombie. Uh oh, got kill zombie. I think it takes like forty minutes for zombies to show up. Yeah, there's a lot of exposition dumb shit yeah. happening a lot of deaths that aren't caused by zombies or creatures which is an interesting choice yeah um i will say that laser hallway is probably my favorite scene because it's very so funny stupid uh yeah. and that's one of the only things that i can think of that originate from the movies and went to the video games yeah later the laser on. hallway is in resident evil 4 and yeah. then it, I think they later use laser hallway in like other games. I think as well. it's in six too, isn't it? Is there a laser hallway it's in, in six? six? It's in yeah. Revelations one. Uh, variations of the same idea are in Revelations two. I don't think it's lasers, but it's like a similar thing. Uh, yeah, you know, it's lasers. The new zombie. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Lasers. Hell yeah, dude. Um. What do you uh? What do you think of uh? M- M- Mila Hovavovich. I'm gonna say her name wrong like every time I have to say her name on purpose. I love how they had to use the plot of the movie, like in the sequels here, to start to turn her into like a, a, a like a soulless character on camera because like. And it's a really good way to justify how she <laughs> to acts. Match when she's her acting. performance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To match her soulless, dead eyes as she acts, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of of Mila, Milia, whatever. I think it's Mila Jovovich. Mila, I her name. Mila Jojo's bizarre adventure, Vich. Um, I mean, this is probably the role she's most remembered as. But the thing I first saw her in, and maybe you would agree, is the Fifth Element. Um, yeah, where she played a. Soulless Husk person. Right, like but really that was like by design. I think right. she was better in that movie because that was like a weird like character with like a child's brain, basically. Like it was like a birthed human or like a clone or some shit, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. So like she, um, was, she was so she was supposed to like be completely clueless and like basically like a blank slate. So yeah, like, and I guess this movie tries to do a similar thing because they give her the amnesia. So like the whole time she's just like confused until she starts having like super soldier powers, and but, she's like, "Huh, I know kung fu." What? But even you when, know? yeah, but <laughs> even then, but even as she gets her like memory back and shit, 
And she actually she acts the same. She yeah, change. and then and then you go to the second movie where I guess she is like just action lady now, but it's just like it's all it's still this muddled just like nothing performance that I hate. Um, but I can't harp on her too much because like everyone is bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, at acting in these movies, um, Michelle Rodriguez is bad. Uh, and uh, and all the other characters who are who do have names and do have actors playing them, but like I don't remember any of them, uh, <laughs> are also bad. That's fine. We can just gloss over that. I got them written down. No. <laughs> do you remember Spence? He's the bad guy. He's played by James Purefoy. It, I could just make up the names, and you would have to believe me, right? I guess so, yes. Matt the cop is played by Eric Mabius. I remember Matt. Yeah. That's because she screams, Matt! Right. Like, a yeah. Bunch of, yeah, a few times. He's like a cop that just happens to get mixed up in this, I guess? Or or is he, like, purposefully there? Well, no, because there's, like, the conspiracy with, like, his sister was the person that uh, Alice was working with to try and take down Umbrella from the inside or some shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The plot is uh, uh dumb. Um I I think my favorite guy is dies way too early and that's uh Colin Salmon as one. His name is one. He's never given a name beyond that. Uh he's like the leader of the strike team and he gets super lasered to death so hard uh like many characters do <laughs> in this movie. Um I, I don't know. This is just a mess of a movie. Um, is there any positives we can say? Yeah, it's funny. Sure. I think it's funny. Talk um, to me like that, like that like last big fight scene isn't funny. This funny? Oh, God, the liquor CGI is terrible. It's awful. Um, it's so bad. Uh, now, I think the practical effects are actually quite good in this. Uh, like, the positive I was going to say is the scene where... Alice realizes she has superpowers and fights all the zombie dogs is actually kind of a fun action segment. And the zombie dogs look cool as shit. And they have an additional lore for like why they're skinless. And it's because they like clawed their way out of their cages and like they show blood dripping off of like the hole that they dug through. And it's like the cage like wire ripped their skin off. And that's like morbid and cool. Uh, I think the zombie dogs looked fucking great. Yeah. There's weirdly good practical effects in this movie, but then they ruin it with like a bunch of bad CGI effects, like the liquor who is treated like the final monster in this, even though he's like a fairly common enemy in the, in the games. But <laughs> I always found that as weird, especially because they go back on this idea and have just like three liquors attack people at once in the next movie. Right. So which is it? Is is the liquor the tyrant basically or is the liquor the like a sub enemy? Well, I don't know. Just like a video game from the boss the a boss just becomes normal enemies. You're oh, playing, the you're Dark playing, Souls trick. Yeah. yeah. You're playing yeah, Dark yeah. Souls or you fight the one dude with the two axes and you're like, "Man, that was hard." And you get yeah, to like and he just shows the end up of the game like and there's later. like eight of yeah. them in like one room and you're like, "Fuck me." 
yeah, I guess Resident Evil has done that as well. There's like the the Garador yeah. in Resident Evil Four shows up several more times. Mm-hmm. Chainsaw guys show up several more times. Sure, I guess. So, um, the the funny thing about the dogs is apparently they were extremely tough to work with. Uh, so they're just dogs. They're not actually zombie dogs, right? Right. So they put all this fucking zombie makeup and like meat on them to make them look undead, and the dogs just keep eating it off of each other. Hell yeah! So that they were extremely hard to work with. Uh, all I gotta say to that is, haha, good boy. Hell you yeah. ate your zombie makeup, didn't you? Haha, good boy. <laughs> Dogger. Um. I don't know. I, I'm struggling to think of any other positives. The plot is so uninteresting that it's not worth like going through every bit. Uh, oh, I explained it already. The no, I yeah, I know. Is yeah. Ooh, virus get out, and then at the end of the movie, they get taken away by umbrellas. And she speaks. That's Man! the only. I do like that part. I like that it has a dark like uh, ending that sets up the next one. Where like you know you you think that there's two survivors and then like oops, uh, I don't like the shoehorned in like you know uh, put them in the nemesis program. They'll recognize that word. The that's for the fans. Danos will return. Mm. You know that that part was silly, but I do like you know her coming out of the the coma or whatever and walking out and this the streets are fucked that's a cool setup you know yeah i think it's it's a bit of a ripoff of like uh, other zombie movies like there's shots that are just from day of the dead the newspaper says the same thing as the newspaper from day of the dead yeah it's it's a quote-unquote homage (laughs) except all you Um, same thing so i'm probably not going to talk about the score for any of the other movies, but for this one, it's interesting. Um, it's composed by Marco Beltrami, who has an extensive strange list of scores under his belt. Um, I could probably just name movies that we've seen on Gan and Jub, and it's already interesting. H2O, Terminator 3, Die Hard 4 and 5. Uh, but he also has like good movies too. Like he did all the scream movies with Wes Craven. He did, uh, Hellboy with Guillermo. He did blade two with Guillermo del Toro. He did uh, a bunch of stuff for James Mangold, 310 to Yuma, Wolverine, uh, Ford V Ferrari. Uh, he did world war Z, which is a collaboration with muse. Uh, he did both of the quiet place movies. He did the hurt locker. He's got like a pretty extensive, good, respectable career as a guy doing scores, but apparently he wasn't enough to make the score on his own. So we have none other than Marilyn Manson here to help. Gotta get the spooky uh, guy. Help get that industrial edgelord new metal feel to the score. And it's weird. Some of the tracks, I kind of like how they sound. And then some of them sound like, uh, uh, like nine inch nails rip off shit. Like, like it's 10 inch nails, my original band. Uh, there was a couple things that sounded like music from invader Zim. I don't know if you caught that shit. That was weird to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, 
the just the way that <laughs> the score in Invader Zim sounds. Um, you know, it's just stuff that's like extremely dated now, but was like probably like the greatest shit in 2002. <laughs> Bruh. Which, well, I wanted to preface all that by saying that Marilyn Manson's a piece of shit. Yeah, that's um, fine. Also, yeah, uh, I agree. He's going to jail tonight. I, I wish. Guess who's going to jail tonight? It's Marilyn Manson. I wish he was going to fucking jail. <laughs> he is a piece of shit, and I can't believe uh, to, to tie it into our non sequitur that Kanye used him on the album, although and, I can believe it. And DeBabis. Uh, and DeBabis. <laughs> uh, but I will say the clip uh, from the streaming event uh or or whatever uh the live event uh where Marilyn Manson's there and the fucking the fucking globa 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 glob fucking verse starts is really funny because Manson like looks at Kanye like are you for real with this globa 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 fucking shit it's <laughs> Manson looked like he didn't want to be there the whole time it was really funny Look, none of us uh, want to be there either so right so I guess it's only fair uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, industrial edgelord new metal the end credits is accompanied by Slipknot's song My Plague and I don't have anything to say about it other than it sucks that's a bad song got him there are some good are- Slipknot songs that's not one of them no, it's not. I don't even know what he's actually saying. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Anyway, that first movie was a success, grossing $102.4 million against a budget of $33 million. Uh, critics didn't really like it, though. Uh, in fact, in what may be a first for our podcast, uh, no movie in this series has a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this first entry has a 36%, which is surprisingly not the highest. Uh, as far as the fan reception, I, I believe this initial movie was kind of received with a bit of a shrug. It's certainly not the worst video game movie ever made, but it also didn't follow the games in any way, and I know some fans took issue with that and kind of wrote off the rest of the series. Including me, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) I have seen this one before, uh, and that was kind of like enough for me at the time. But here we are. We can't stop now. Let's see the reputation of this series get worse over time. It's time for the sequel. Resident Evil Apocalypse, baby. There's more to talk about with this one, too. This movie is categorically really bad. Just truly <laughs> a lot of reasons awful. for that. Yeah. Um, this is in September of 2004. This was released. So this is a weird period for Resident Evil because it's it's between sequels. Uh, in you know in 2002 when the first movie came out, the fantastic remake of one was released, and also Resident Evil Zero, and uh, then Resident Evil Outbreak was released. I think the same year, 2004. As, as the sequel. But Resident Evil 4 was still being developed, and I assume that all of that factored into why this game is not really uh, trying to adapt modern Resident Evil sensibilities. It's trying to just, like, look at past games and just try and figure it out from that. That's kind of why it's, like, a loose adaptation of Resident Evil 3. 
And by loose, I mean um, very loose. Like shoes untied loose adaptation of Resident Evil 3. But I suppose it has more to do directly with an entry in the video game series than the first one, I suppose. You have familiar characters and such. Um, Like Jill Valentine. Yes. And Carlos. Carlos Riviera. Oliviera. Yeah. But, But that's fine. Carlos is somewhat forgettable as a character. Until the three remake, which made his character no, really three good. Three remake, Carlos's uh, remake's fucking lit. Well, because he's just like in, in original three, he's just like he's an action man. Yeah, he's like action guy, which is what he is yeah. in this movie. Um, yeah, he's worse in this movie. Like, uh, there was still like a it's still a, a bad adaptation because Carlos was still like not the leader of the squad. He was very much like ignorant to. Uh, a lot of things he was a little bit like you know brash and quick to be emotional he was kind of a rookie in this he's like the leader of their squad which is a strange choice and then nikolai is in this and nikolai is like fucking i really don't understand this fucking decision uh but nikolai is absolutely nothing like nikolai in the game He's Nikolai is quite possibly my favorite villain in the entire Resident Evil series. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, the three remakes cemented that, though, to be fair. But I still like him in uh, the original game. And I also really dig him and his chapters in the book. The Resident Evil 3 novel is fucking lit. I think I talked about it briefly on here. But uh, the Nikolai stuff, some of my favorite stuff. Getting into his head is a lot of fun. Uh, he's an asshole. Uh, but here he's like instead a rookie destined to die. <laughs> and it's like, why even call him Nikolai? That's so weird. Get it? Because it's Nikolai. It's nothing like him, though. It's, so, it's such a weird decision. They wanted to fuck with people's expectations and put Nikolai in there. And then they're like, oh, shit, it's Nikolai. <sighs> He's going to betray them later, and then, like, he just dies. It's such a weird decision. Like, these characters, like, could have just been named, like, you know, Hey, what's up? My name's Ink Ribbon. (laughs) Hey, man, good to meet you. I'm Red Herb. Like, and it would have been just as much of a reference to Resident Evil as if their name was, like, Hi, my last name is Ashford. I have nothing to do with any of the characters from Resident Evil Code Veronica. But, how, how do you, you know do any, we buddy? wanted to like we wanted to have a resident evil in there so here you know how do you do what's up it's your boy he grenade <laughs> hi my name is timothy wesker you know <laughs> like, <laughs> hi my name's john resident evil 2 how do you do you know <laughs> like it's it's so dumb True. that like these characters are written this way but anyway, um, I think a big reason why this one is so bad is actually because of the absence of Paul W.S. Anderson, because Paul W.S. Anderson doesn't direct this one. He does write it, so you could still blame him for a lot of it, but he doesn't end up directing it because he had prior commitments with directing a movie we've watched on this uh, fucking show. Alien versus Predator. 
which is also bad. That one's a stinker. Yeah. It's probably... Do you think it's better or worse than Resident Evil on the Paul W.S. Anderson scale? Um, it's probably worse. I think Resident Evil's better, actually, yeah. that, personal what, taste, well, to be honest. Avery's Predator's probably worse. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay. I just don't like that movie. Um, no, really so bad. instead... <laughs> yeah. So instead we get Alexander Witt making his directorial debut. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, so he was before this and after this, uh, known only as a second unit director. He regularly works with Ridley Scott. He's worked on tons of famous movies. Uh, just to name a few to make this funny, Speed, Twister, Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, The Born Identity, Daredevil, <laughs> The Italian Job, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Casino Royale, Fast Five, X-Men First Class, Skyfall, Cinderella from 2015, uh, Terminator Genesis, <laughs> oh, no. Spectre, Avengers Infinity War, and Jungle Cruise, his most recent entry. <laughs> um, so he does have directorial experience, but it's only as second unit. So it's very minor compared to like the overall vision of a movie. And I think there's a reason he's never jumped back into the main director's chair. And that reason is resident evil apocalypse, which blows. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. <laughs> like, uh, so I feel bad for him to a degree. Cause he was handed this and was just like, you know, figure it out, sir. You have to use this bad Paul W.S. Anderson script, though. And he was like, oh, Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> uh, like, man. Like, there's still some, like, really sus things happening in this movie that would only have been decided by a director. Yeah, that fucking shaky cam shit is so shit, fucking the weird, bad. The weird freeze-framing shit with the fucking zombies. Yes. It just yeah. looks like shit. Weird scene transitions as yeah. well. Uh, like it'll just pan to a grave and then like a zombie hand shoots out of it and then we just go somewhere completely different. Uh, weird pacing in this movie too. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us what the plot question mark uh, is about this of, of this movie here. Uh oh. Zombie outbreak get out at Raccoon <laughs> City. That's true. Uh-oh, people try to leave. Uh -oh, they do. Uh-oh, umbrella locks of men. Uh-oh, place gonna get nuked. Uh-oh, scientist guy had daughter at city. She's trapped in city. Scientist yeah. guy with apparently access to the entire electrical grid, every single cellular device and camera in the entirety of this city. That was weird. He just uh, calls payphones. Calls payphones continuously yeah. until action girl Alice, who is in Raccoon City, by the way, because she got conveniently transferred there, um, answers the phone, and then she's like, "Hello," and he's like, "Get daughter, I'll let you leave." Yeah, but then she's Umbrella like, hey. is like, "Hey there, stop betraying us, sir." Time to unleash the nemesis. 
And then there's Nemesis. And oh yeah, there's side plot with with black guy and makes fun of him. <laughs> I'm sure that was really nice and respectable for you know him. And then yeah, it, it, he also was just driving down the street in his introduction scene, and he mm-hmm. runs over a cop, which like I don't know, good on you, I guess. And a then, zombie cop, I think. I guess <laughs> you couldn't tell. Uh, and either then he way, goes, who gives a shit? Right. And then he goes hot. GTA motherfucker then runs him over and says 10 points. Which is, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's no points in Grand Theft Auto. I, don't, does, I didn't know if you knew that. Does Paul, um, that's a script writing thing. Does Paul W.S. Anderson, like, actually play the games that he's writing? He apparently played for? Resident Evil 1. Because, like, it doesn't sound like it. Well, so I like have an interesting thing For a guy who makes a lot of video game character. movies, sounds like he doesn't play video games. That is strange, isn't it? So so that comic relief character is uh, Mike Epps as LJ. Uh, so interestingly enough, that role was originally written for Snoop Dogg, uh, which kind of explains things a bit more. Uh, he would have been a big draw, I guess. Uh, however, for the first time in his career, uh, Snoop, Snoop Dogg said no to something. Uh, he wasn't at that point yet. <laughs> he wasn't at that point no, yet. If this was getting filmed in okay. like in like twenty like twenty seventeen or whenever, he would have said yes. I think I saw a video on YouTube. He wasn't in the extra credits point of his career yet. Right, there was a video that was like Snoop Dogg. I, I listened to all one thousand two hundred of Snoop Dogg's features or something insane like that, and I'm like, that man says yes to everything. <laughs> he said no to a good thing to say no to, at least. Fucking Corey Feldman asked him to be on his album, and he said yes. But he said no to this? What? Whew. Anyway, not that it would have been a good career decision to be in this shitty movie. I'm just nope. saying it's it's funny to me. I don't know if it would have been any funnier if Snoop Dogg said, Ha, yeah, GTA, 10 points. Anyway, that but it would be worth talking about more, I guess. <laughs> good old LJ in this movie is only a little pretty fucking racistly written. Um, only a bit, huh? Only a little bit really racistly written. He's black, so... He's, he's gotta be a gangbanger does, guy with yeah. gold custom guns. Yeah. It's stupid. And then, it like, is. And then he just kind of like disappears from the movie. Well, because he's only the comic relief character. He doesn't matter to the plot or anything. Right, so when the plot he no kicks in, he in just, like, he's yeah. still there, and he just, like, disappears. Well, he joins their crew. Yeah. I guess. And then he just, like, disappears. <laughs> of, like, Alice and Jill and other guy who dies, and then Carlos... And then Nikolai dies, and the reporter lady who dies. Oh, yeah, Very so not memorable characters. Reporter lady, okay. Like, uh-huh. Her, why zombie kids, man? Why zombie kids? Why? I hate... Ah, because scary. Oh, man. Here's why I hate zombie kids, right? Okay. Because if you have zombie kids in your movie and you want to use them, it also means you have to kill zombie kids. And if you don't, you get whatever the fuck happened in this movie, 
where the kids show up for one scene just to be spooky, and then you don't see them again, and it's stupid. Yeah. Do I have to be a piece of shit, or you just don't do it? I thought just, they killed everyone in there. They blew up that fucking school. Well, I they guess just they don't did show the kids I guess they, dying. Yeah, I guess they did kill a bunch of kids. Then never mind. They're piece of shit. As I'm saying, yeah. you either do kid zombies, or yeah, you either don't do kid zombies, fucking, or like, you're a piece of uh, shit. Alice did the fucking slow mo throwing the match. No, she threw a <laughs> she threw a cigarette. Oh, that's right. And she yeah. only threw a match, and then it went out, and she was like, "Uh oh!" And then yeah. Alice, action hero lady, shows up. The slow motion cigarette flies by Jill Valentine's head and it goes it right feels, into the thing in the explosion. Uh, she just somehow has like this weird heat resistant blanket thing. Right. That she just, yeah. that Alice just shows up with because she just has the right thing for every situation. She fucking she Chuck's, Chuck's space blanket from Better Call Saul who is, protects them against the fire. Thanks, right. Chuck. Like, what the uh, fuck? <laughs> You know, it's really funny to me that um, Jill Valentine's in this movie, and that was probably a big part of like the marketing push. It's like, look, no, it's it's Resident Evil is here, but then like they spend most of the movie showing Jill Valentine to be completely upstaged by Alice, their OC character. Yeah, like she can't even lay down that match to burn down that shit. It has to be Alice doing it instead. And then Jill doesn't fight the nemesis, even though that's like the big like entire plot of Resident Evil 3. Alice fights the nemesis, and in fact, they say that they were bred to be like the it's same to... thing and fight each other or some shit. No, they were okay. So like, I guess they were both like kind of like in a similar situation where they were tested on them with the T virus. Yeah, so like, like the guy it went well character, with her so for, for whatever reason because she's the super powerful OC. Oh, because she has to be the the sexy uh, femme fatale character. But when the guy gets the virus, he becomes nemesis. <laughs> but she gets the virus and she gets to like still be Mila Jovovich because she can't become like a fucking monster. That'd be crazy. You know, her special OC. You can't yeah. get fucked like that. The bad guy in this movie makes them fight, I guess. Yep. And then you like uh the the fucking nemesis like feels bad, man, and doesn't want to kill her and turns on his I'm employers. Mad. I guess for whatever reason. Um. Anyway, they nuke Ra- Raccoon City, and then the movie gets super confusing. Yeah. This last 10 minutes are so bad. <laughs> they, sorry, so let me see if I can piece this together. So yeah. They get in the helicopter to leave, right? Yeah. Everybody. And the helicopter gets shot down. Right, helicopter gets shot down, they're crashing, piece of debris goes flying. Mila Javovich uh, yeah. gets in the way of it to protect the kid and gets impaled. Um, yeah, so helicopter crashes, and then Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones shows up. Yep. And I guess he's the real bad guy. Yep. Uh, Ian Ian Glenn, or whatever this actor's name is. I do like him, but it's very strange that he's in this as, like, the the real villain introduced in, like, the literal last ten minutes of this movie. Um, very strange. Weird pacing. Uh, 
So, like, I guess he, like, everyone else is gone, right? Yeah, she's the only like one there. Jill I guess. and so, like, the the people that escaped were Jill, Carlos, little girl, not her dad. Her dad gets killed. Uh, by the way, the little girl is supposed to be like the the Red Queen thing from the first movie, the AI. I don't know if you picked no, up on that. It I makes it makes sense, that. kind of. Yeah, the person that is like referred to as the creator of the AI who modeled the AI after his daughter oh. is the Ashford guy. So that's right. the connection. Like this is the little girl, like the real little girl, not the evil AI. Right. Okay. However, fun fact that has nothing to do with anything, but I will put on a tinfoil hat about uh, this actress uh, is Sophie. Vavasur as Angela Ashford, and her first movie role was as Evelyn in the film Evelyn. And I find it a little weird that there is also an Evelyn in Resident Evil 7 who is also an evil little girl character. Um, and I will say coincidence, probably a reference, it's probably a coincidence, but it could be a reference. But it's probably a coincidence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, the the world is flat, and birds aren't real, and the moon True. landing was staged. True. Not and also, those. Paul McCartney is dead. You know what is true though? The movie bad. The movie sucks, man. <laughs> Sorry, I got sidetracked real hard with that one. Well, um, I, but yeah, so the ending is the ending. I, I don't even know what the fuck's happening. It feels like they're trying to like do the crazy twist ending from the first movie again. Where she gets captured again and gets experimented on again and then breaks out again. Yeah. But like there's a weird twist to it where like she gets rescued by the other remaining survivors who weren't there when she got picked up by Umbrella. And they don't explain that at all. Uh, but she gets picked up by them, and then, like, Jorah Mormont lets her go willingly, because, like, I guess she's, like, programmed to do something evil. That, like, it was all part of the plan. I but guess. what that plan is, we don't know, because the movie ends. Yeah. What a bad ending to a bad movie. Um, oof. What? Big oof. The fuck is Jill movie. in this movie? Jill sucks in this movie. They like immediately like they first introduce her. She's just like a piece of shit. She's an asshole. Yeah. She's just an asshole the whole time. Master of unlocking, more like master of being a bitch. Ha ha! Fucking got her ass, dude. That's literally what she's got in this movie. Doesn't got much else. <laughs> Constantly one yeah. up by Mila Jovovich. That's because every single character is not actually their character. They're like a original character, but they decided to give them the name of a Resident Evil character. In her case, even the outfit. Yeah. They did give her the outfit. Um, but whatever. Who cares? We'll say the liquors look a little bit better in this movie. Nemesis looks good, actually. Nemesis is the best part of this movie, genuinely speaking. I think my favorite scene is the scene where he attacks that, like, squad of elderly cops 
<laughs> yeah, I thought it was very weird that all the cops in that building hold up were like old detectives. I'm a member um, of stores. Yeah, and so he like uh, my he just takes all of them out, and then uh, I think it was actually a decent gag actually that the uh, uh, the black comic relief character uh, throws his guns down and says like. Uh, 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 don't kill me, man. And the nemesis doesn't recognize him as a threat because he's not aiming guns at him. So he just leaves him alone, which I think is a unique perspective on it. It's not how uh, nemesis works in the games, obviously, because he kills like Brad Vickers <laughs> and shit. <Right. laughs> like he, he kills pretty indiscriminately, even innocence. But that's an interesting twist on it. And they could have used it to more of an advantage, but it's really only used in that scene. But it's entertaining to see Nemesis kill a shitload of people in this. Um, and it's also that costume is rad. It feels like they put their whole budget towards, like, you know, it looks costuming. like Nemesis, bro. I don't know. Costuming and effects took the whole budget for this movie, and that part works pretty well. Although the zombie dogs look worse in this movie, they do. Because it's not because they're CGI dogs. Yeah, that's entirely why. But now that I know that the dogs kept eating the makeup off of themselves, I understand why they went with CGI dogs. Right. <laughs> it makes sense. Um it still looks worse uh but nemesis is cool i like that it's a practical effect and it doesn't look bad like i'm very surprised yeah. about that nemesis costume yeah, it looks pretty good i like easily it. the best thing about this movie mm -hmm. everything, um, else is good. everything else sucks yep so so of course that means that this movie was even more successful than the first yep i was about to ask <laughs> <laughs> it grossed 129.3 million against a 45 million dollar budget. Uh, critics still hated that shit, though. Oh, of course. 19 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's way lower. Um, and that's because this movie is worse. So, you know, spoiler alert: our ranking is probably the one and then two. Uh, uh, yeah, that's this, this ranking is going to be funny as it goes on because they're all bad. Yep. So, so what to, does it really mean? <laughs> just, just you know, kind of put what's worse than the next. It might go in order, bud. Oh my god, that would be insane. Well, I think three might be worse than two, uh, it, but I've not seen it. So I remember it is much worse than two. Much and, worse? Okay. All and right. then four is much worse than three. <laughs> it goes down. We're, That's really funny. If so, we 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 what tripped, an achievement. We tripped on the the stones on the side, and now we're tumbling down the well. Um, I hope you're ready. Okay. All right. I haven't seen the final chapter. The sixth one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I think see it's actually going to be final. the final chapter as well, which is uh, oh yeah. Silly. There's no way there's going to be another one now. That's it. It's over. Well, not 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 now that uh, Monster Hunter fucked up, but I'd never say never. I think it still made money, so we'll see. Uh, but they're doing that rebooted uh, film uh, soon. Seems like a. I wouldn't be surprised if they follow up on. Uh, we don't have confirmation yet, but there's that Netflix live action show 
about the Wesker kids. You remember that shit? Yeah. And it got announced and everybody was like, what the fuck is this fucking shit? Anyway, that's, I believe, possibly going to be associated with the film universe instead of the video game universe. Or it could be a new thing in and of itself. Okay. Either way, it will be bad and dumb. Right. Um, so look forward to that. Anyway, I'm much more looking forward to the new uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City movie, which looks like a actually more straightforward adaptation of the games, for better or worse. But at least they have better content to draw from as far as the characters go. They can look at those excellent remakes and maybe get some inspiration from those story-wise as well. Uh, I'm not overly confident in that movie being good. They released some screenshots, and they're not the greatest. Um, Now, I personally don't have a problem with characters not looking 100% one-to-one, but it remains to be seen, you know? Oh, yeah. I I still don't, like, you know, I'm not just going to immediately assume, oh, it will be better than the Paul W.S. Anderson movies, because it has the characters that I recognize. Yeah, like, who fucking knows? Because as bad as these movies were, I would be tempted to say that they are better than the first CGI Resident Evil movie, Ooh. and quite possibly of maybe some of the others, because they're all pretty bad. There's not been a single good Resident Evil movie. Uh, no. I don't think it's possible, really, to be honest. Well, because what makes Resident Evil good... Is the video game part? Uh, yes. I think the best chance you have is to adapt like seven into yeah. a movie and then do it like pretty straight horror. That would work, but they won't. You know how much Maybe. I would love that, and then you could get like, you know who directs that, right? Who directs that? Sam Raimi. Bruh. Sam Raimi directs that. You're inventing a perfect movie, and and it's not ever going to happen. I know. (laughs) Dude. Let him exercise his evil dead chops fully again. Get him on it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Sam Raimi hasn't made a movie in a long time. Got one coming out, though. We'll see how Doctor Strange 2 is. But, uh, yes. I hope it's fucking weird. That's all I want. Me too. Me too. I want it to be kooky and weird. That's what I love about Sam Raimi, okay? He's my favorite director, quite possibly. Um, He's at least up there. Uh, He seems like a genuinely decent guy as well, except for all the times he threw rocks at Bruce Campbell. uh, (laughs) Or potatoes or whatever it was. It was potatoes. potatoes. (laughs) Still probably hurt. That's kind of like throwing a rock at somebody. Hey, they're still friends. <laughs> They're still friends. But yeah, no, I mean like, you know, besides like torturing his uh cast and crew on the Evil Dead movies, uh, mainly Bruce Campbell. Um he seems like a decent guy. He's made generally speaking good movies throughout his entire career. I have not seen every single one. That might be something that I remedy soon. I I might just go ahead and take the plunge and watch whatever the fuck else he's made. For bad or worse. <laughs> I've only made a few other movies than the ones that you've seen. So. Well, I, I've never seen Dark Man. I want to see Dark Man. Dark Man's interesting. Uh, and I want to see his Western that uh, 
doesn't get talked about that much, but it's supposed to be movie. like secretly lit. Yeah, I have not seen that movie. We should watch it together one time. That'd the Quick cool. and the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen his uh, Wizard of Oz movie as well, but I didn't hate it when it came out. But it's definitely like a weird one. I remember, that, it's like okay. I always forget that he made it. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're talking about other shit. But we're basically done talking about Resident Evil. We're good. So next so time, we'll talk about Resident Evil. You know, I understand. Next time we're gonna story. talk about uh, three and four. Great. And I don't know the titles of them. Um. See, this one was called Apocalypse. Yeah. The next one's called Apocalypter, and then the one <laughs> after is called Apocalyptist. I don't know what <laughs> this one's called. Yeah. Probably Resident like, Evil. Uh oh. It's some dumb shit, I know that. It's edgy as fuck. Yeah, they all got, like, subtitles like Retribution and Annihilation and Reanimated and Degeneration. That's the CGI movie. Yeah, that's the CGI movie. Damnation? That's a CGI movie. Um, it's funny that the CGI movies have similar titles to the, the, the live-action ones in terms of, like, vague words that don't really have anything to do with what's oh, going on in it. We're going to be watching Resident Evil Extinction and then Resident sure. Evil Afterlife. <coughs> then it's You could just inter- you could just shake all the titles to these movies up in a hat and then reassign them and nothing would change. And then there's uh Resident Evil Retribution is the fifth uh-huh. one and then the okay. one's the final chapter. At least that one stands out a little bit to me, even though it's lame. Lame title. They all have lame titles. I hate all of them. We're going to get confused which one is which by the end of this. I guarantee you. When we're trying to rank all six, we're going to be like, wait, which one's Extinction? I had to fucking... I had to rent this. I had to rent Apocalypse. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry. Oh, but uh, Extinction is apparently on Netflix. Hooray. Thank God. That's good. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. Uh, I don't know who directs number three, but it is also not Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, he comes back to do four, five, and six, though. Wait, maybe so. not. Maybe not. That might be an old link. Thanks, Google. Oh, I hate when that happens. I hate when you look up a movie and it's like, it's on Netflix, and then it's fucking not. first one was on Hulu. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Um, and the rest of them are on Hulu, too, but you have to have a Hulu TV subscription to watch them. Oh, that's lame. Big that's Mad. That's really lame. Big Mad. Don't All right, well. money for this shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway, let's say it's about time to sign off. I believe so. Next time we're going to watch worse movies. I hope y'all are ready for this. This is what you wanted. You wanted this. Genin Jub colon extinction is coming next episode. I just want to remind everybody that Gen wanted this. No, I did. I apologize. But you I want my knowledge this. of this series to be... Um, Thorough to the point that I uh, never want to experience anything with the name Resident Evil again. Uh, that's on me. I'm sorry. Until it, it, that is until the Resident Evil 8 DLC comes out. Right. That's happening. And I'll watch the movies when they come out, too, because I'm an idiot. Um, maybe the fifth, up. 
maybe the fifth CGI movie will be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck All out right, of here. All right, man. Me too. Bye, everybody. Happy Labor Day in the past. Today, Bird Day is Labor Day. Today, Bird Day is a Labor Day. Burr.